What's happening, everybody? How you doing? How you doing, guys? What is going on? What's going on is football season. It's freaking football season. Oh, my God. I can't wait for the fall. It's not fall here. We started school. It's so stinking hot. My wife goes, why do you keep bringing it up? Because I'm hot. <laughs> All right, good one. I got tons of stories back Back at Raymond James Stadium, back for an NFL game, covering it. But really, stories from the party. Ronde Barber's induction, you know, goes in the Hall of Fame. Last podcast, I was in Canton, and I was sitting outside the media room, and I did my little intro and telling you stories, and I said I would have party stories the next week, and it's here. So I have really, really good party stories behind-the-scenes stories. But let me get to my guest. This guy, I was looking at him, and I'm like, you know what? The way he carries himself, he's Buccaneer running back Chase Edmonds. All right, 27 years old. He was with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. He was drafted in the fourth round. He was with the Cardinals from 2018 to 2021. Dolphins, Broncos, Buccaneers pick him up. He's right about there in his prime, 27 years old. Really good on special teams. He can run it. He's good with his hands. He's veteran. You need a guy like that. Great attitude. Todd Bowles was talking about him. and Nobody else was talking about him. And I looked up his background and I'm like, oh my God, he went. he's from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. That's where my brother and his family have been living. Lancaster, Lidditz, PA. It's, it's all one market, Harrisburg, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, and then he went to Fordham University. I'm like, Fordham University? That's where my brother Patrick went to undergraduate school, Fordham University. And I'm, like, and I'm reading up on him, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can get him on the podcast. So I did. It, was unbar- it had to be 110 degrees. He comes by. He's finished with a long practice. And I said, you got a couple of minutes for me, Chase? And he said, I do. And I said, hey, Harrisburg, PA? He looks at me and said, my brother lives in Lancaster because it's really lit. It's PA. It's the next town over. And he goes, is he Amish? And he laughed. I said, my other brother went to Fordham. And he had a big smile. He puts down his helmet. And here we go. So that's how we started out. Without further ado, how he's doing. How did he get to where he is? Uh, and he has a little, little, you could, you could read between the lines on running backs, the running back position in the NFL because they're not paid now uh, like, you know, it used to be uh, for importance, but they're still very, very important. I don't care what anybody says in the NFL scheme. And especially when you get to the end of the season and it gets cold and you're playing in really bad weather and it's ice and it's snow and you can't really sling it, you got to have a running game. And you got to have a running game. So anyway, without further ado, and then I got stories on the back end. So here we go. My man. I'm pulling for him, man. Good dude. Running back. Buccaneers. NFL. Arizona Cardinals. He's a buck now. He is Chase Edmonds. All right. I am with Chase Edmonds. And what a career he has had. And it is continuing here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You're number six or seven? Six. six. Year six. Going on year six. Yeah. Does it seem like a long time? And, 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 and you're a veteran now, really, considering. Yeah. Um, it's You know what? When I first got here, it really finally hit me because I was the oldest in the room for the first time in my life. So uh, you got guys calling you OG. I'm not an OG yet. I'm not an OG yet. I feel like you gotta get to like year eight to be considered an OG, but it's a, it's a blessing just to, you know, come from where I came from, from Harrisburg and from Fordham, and to be able to, to get to year six. I try to, you know, with the highs and lows of the game and how it can be so, you know, strenuous on your mental, I just try to always, you know, take a step back sometimes and just thank God, and I'm, I'm grateful for the position that I'm in right now. Where did that come from? Obviously, anybody that plays at this level has all the physical ability. But from where you came from, your size, all that, here you are still in the NFL. Where did that come from? Yeah, I think it came from my parents, first of all, just installing hard work 
And, you know, I, I think I treat this game, a lot of coaches I would like to say, you know, humbly, we just say I'm a, I'm a professional in the, in the very sense. And I try to always pride myself on professionalism, you know, always being prepared mentally and physically and just, you know, doing what you're asked to be done and, you know, just being the best teammate that I can be, whether it's mentoring guys, whether it's, you know, getting guys right, all of that type, type of thing. Now, when you were in Pennsylvania, you were all everything. Yeah. Then you were in the uh, the Big 33. You were the MVP. I like that you know that. Oh, now with the numbers that you put up, you really didn't have offers right. from big-time school? Not one, not one FBS offer, but uh, you know, Rock, like I said, I'm a, I'm a devoted man. Everything happens for a reason. Um, I thank God every day that I didn't get an FBS offer because I remember just the way my mental was. The way my mentor was, um, if I would have got an FBS offer, whether it was to North Texas, to UTSA, to UTEP, I would have taken it just because I was so fixed on playing FBS. And um, by the grace of God, I ended up playing FCS and was able to have a successful career at Fordham, which then obviously led to me having the opportunity to play in the NFL. So, you know, everything happens for a reason, highs and lows. Now, here you are at Fordham. Yes, you're all Patriot. You're all everything. But again, it's Fordham University. Right, right to still be able to get drafted by the Arizona Cardinals. When you were playing at Fordham, yeah. did you know then in your mind, did you say, I, I know I'm good enough to play in the NFL? I didn't, or? I didn't know I was good enough to play in the NFL until after my junior year. Um, my junior year, I was now going on three-time All-American, and I remember getting a call about December. Random number, I got about three calls that day from agents asking if I was thinking of coming out early. And, um, you know, when that like it wasn't it wasn't it was pretty rare for FCS guys to really even get drafted at that time. That was like 2017. Um, and I was like, damn, like come out early. Like now nah, I'm thinking about, you know, preparing for my senior year, chasing this all time record. But um, that's when it really started to hit me where I really had like three or four agents actually calling me saying, like, look, we think it'd be in your best interest to come out early because you can't really help your stock too much more to where it's already at. You're already probably going to be a mid-round guy just because where you're coming from. So you might as well come out early and take that route because you probably won't get yourself too high playing another year of football. And um, that's when it really hit me like, damn, like this is a reality. Now, you go to the Arizona Cardinals, you're there, you're with guys that are coming from big yeah, time yeah. programs. What, what was that experience like for you? Um, to me, it was it was the challenge that I always had been waiting for in my life. I always wanted to just know, like, for myself, like, am I really good enough? You know, because you always get this knock of, look who he's played against, look at the competition he's going against. And then to be able to just have that question answered pretty quickly was just awesome for me. And, you know, it was a, another jump in confidence of, you know, I can really play and I can be a player in this league that can really help a team win football games. You also notice that it is business yeah. and you see that. You get a couple other teams and now here you are with the Tampa Bay yeah. Buccaneers. What about... What, how do you feel? How do you feel being here? How do you feel about your opportunity? I feel great, man. It's a great organization here. Um, I kind of understand my role. You know, I'm the veteran of the group. I'm going back to you know being a special teamer, playing all four special teams, which I'm, I excelled at at my year one through three in, ten, uh, in Arizona. And then, you know, whatever the team asking me, obviously they're going to treat Rashad as the bell cow, and rightfully so. But I'm just sure that if I can mentor Rashad in any way to help him see the field better, to help him get prepared for kind of the role that he's going to have. I had that same role going into my year four where kind of they gave me the reins to see if I could handle the load. So, you know, just coming from that experience of just his mental, his physical, kind of how to treat his body, how it should be treated and, you know, listen to his body when he needs to listen to it. Um, that's that's really my role here, man, just to be that guy that can be a veteran leader for this team and go out there and whatever's asked of me, just excel at it as best of my ability. Now, this is a brand new offense for yeah, everybody, for everybody. Yeah. so that actually will help you. It's not like any guys know yeah. about this system with Canales, right? Yeah, right. And, um, you know, me and Canales kind of have a little pass just because his whole time at Seattle, I was at Arizona, and my best games were always against Seattle. So, so um, it, the familiarity is there, and I like how they use us in space and get us out in routes and everything like that. I feel like that's one of the things I excel at with my versatility. Um, so just, again, continue just to go here. And whatever my role is, man, Rock, I'm going to go at it full speed ahead. Do you have a goal for you for this year? Are you? I have a goal. I like to, I like to keep it personal um, because, you know, I don't like to do comparisons and, and stuff like that. So for me, though, to the public eye, I'm going to be the best teammate I can be, be the best guy I can be, and be the best player that I can be. This is how I end all my – my. now this is the rock stops here, how you made it to the top. You made it to the top in the NFL. And the average life expectancy, especially running back, I don't know, three years right. maybe. Right. What is the best piece of advice you can give someone young, whether it's this field or yeah. any field? You have made it to the top. Yeah. What's the best piece of advice, Jason? I'll give the best piece of advice to young football players right now. Don't play running back. Um, 
Yeah, don't play running back. And the second best advice is that, you know, highs and lows will always come in this life and in this, in this game. Um, you just stay steady and stay calm and just keep the Lord first. That's it. Continued success. Thank you so much. Jason Rock, thank you. Did you hear him in that advice? I'll tell him, don't be a running back. Don't be a running back. The running backs are pissed. But so, and it was interesting because Jason Light, who's the general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, walked right by me and I saw him peripheral vision. He looked at me. He's like, oh, he's interviewing Chase Edmonds because Chase Edmonds was like under the radar. It's all about Rashad White, who's the number one running back. You got Keyshawn Vaughn. You got a couple of others. Nobody's talking about him. And then the first depth chart came out and Chase Edmonds was number two. And then he goes to the podium and then he's being asked questions. So I said, I had him. But anyway, thank you, Chase. You're a good man. And I wish you well, and I wish you success. And yes, they need special teamers, and they need veterans. Bowles was talking highly of you. So I hope you have a good year. I hope you sneak up on everybody. And uh, I had you first, man. Thanks, Chase. Thank you. I love the Pennsylvania area. I love Pennsylvania. I still love North Jersey. Now listen, by the time you're listening to this podcast, I am in no Jersey. I had a friend that used to call it No Jersey because of all these rules and regulations. Listen, North Jersey. I am a North Jersey guy. Sorry, my wife's so kidding. You've been down here way longer. Why do you keep saying down here? You are here. Yeah, I am. But I still have New Jersey, Dover, New Jersey, Morris County, New Jersey. I grew up and, and then I, my first radio gig and I ended up staying there five years. Uh, Sussex County, New Jersey. That's where I met my first wife. She ended up passing with breast cancer, um, Nancy, uh, but I I used to mock out Sussex County when I first got a job, my first radio job at WSUS FM 102.3, Sussex County, first report news, first report sports, uh, playing the hits, and I ended up loving it. I met friends. I remember my brother Patrick came up to visit one time. I was staying in these apartments uh, Hemlock. It was in Hardiston, next town over, and uh, and there was a pool, and he met my friends, and we and we in the pool. There was basketball, this and that. He's like, man, you got, you 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 got friends here. I I ended up really having a great 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 time, and I cannot wait. But by the time you're listening to this, I'm already in New Jersey. I'm going for the Jets, and the Buccaneers. Uh, joint practices and it's going to be fantastic but anyway i don't want to get into that because it's, i'm already there you're probably seeing pictures all this week of me all my videos and things like that trying to hook up with my longtime friends and other ones everybody's you know once they see i'm going to new jersey i make a apology oh let's get together let's get together well wait how oh and i gotta drive over to see you know how can i fit this in this did it's gonna be good I wanted to see if I could hook up with my brother. Now, my brother, Patrick, lives in Williamsburg section of Brooklyn. Anytime anybody's from Brooklyn, I say, oh, my brother lives in Brooklyn, Williamsburg. Every single person knows Williamsburg. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice area. Uh, everyone, everyone. And But it's from Jersey, for me, that doesn't know the city, to how to maneuver around. I'm not driving. Oh, to drive in. First of all, I have a rental car. And I don't want to get it dinged up like the chances of going through the city and uh, to do anything, parking, driving, oh, and then to get to Brooklyn or the transportation, New Jersey Transit, and then the subway system, which I don't know, you know, and uh, hassle. So maybe I could hook up with them in New York City, but there was an illness in the family and it looks like we're not going to be able to hook up. But I would have possibly taken a little trip into the city and I still may, but I don't know. I'm figuring out that last day. I got two nights at the team hotel where we're staying in Morris County. And then uh, I got one night free and I'm trying to figure that out right now. But anyway, enough on that. So let me get into some stories. I promised you stories from behind the scenes at the party, and I'm going to get to that. But football being back, you know, the first preseason game was at home. And my wife keeps saying, boy, you, why do you keep talking about the heat? It, it doesn't affect her. She's 100 pounds. She's 98 pounds. 
It doesn't. She's always cold. It doesn't affect her. It affects me. Oh, my God. Sorry. It does. That would be like, I said, that's like bringing you to, a, you used to work in the UP in Michigan in TV. She had, she was a little TV news reporter, um, you know, making her way. And she had so much snow and ice on the top of her hood of her car on the top that when her father came, he couldn't believe it to visit. Like she hadn't even knocked it off. She used to just drive. I don't know how she did it. Her friend, her girlfriend, that was a TV reporter at this little small market station in the a UP in Michigan, drove a, drove a Mazda Miata out there. And the locals, the guys were like, because she was real pretty and blonde and Emily's cute. And of course, these locals that lived there, they're like, oh my God. And this is before we were dating. And uh, they, they had them at, for dinner to serve them venison. And Emily was like, ooh, I don't know if I, venison, of course, is great, deer meat. But they're like, you can't drive a Mazda Miata here in Michigan, in the UP. I used to go to the upper UP with the snow and everything. You girls don't know what you're doing. But anyway, 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 I said, so anyway, they announced in the press box for the first preseason game. Now, this is the Steelers and the Buccaneers. This is a 7 p.m. kickoff here. It is, and game time temperature on the field, it is 92 to 93 degrees. And with the heat index, it feels like 108 degrees on the field, on the field. Now, I, I'm telling you, I walk through the parking lot. I'm usually about two hours before kickoff I get to these games. And I like to usually walk a little bit through some of the tailgates and just see people getting ready man the smell of the meats and the grills going the beers are flowing the music is going i love walking around through tailgates but when i get to the stadium no not this time there wasn't any of that i don't hardly anybody was tailgating it's it's 108 degrees you're gonna fire up a grill and uh so we get in, I walk in, I see the big mural where it had been Tom Brady as you're going into the media entrance where the big TV trucks are, and now it's Mike Evans. Mike Evans, the future Hall of Fame wide receiver who is not a diva, one of the few wide receivers I've ever met that is not me, 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 me. No, he is not, man. But anyway, I go through, and even though it's real hot, you get to get to go up to the air-conditioned press box. Yeah, I know. We're spoiled. Yeah, I know. It's like football is back. It's back. There's something about the football season compared to any other season to me. And it felt great. And it's the same. I love it. A big press box. They got great food. Seeing everybody again. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But the game itself. Now, there are a handful of you that do like preseason, that want to see the next up-and-coming star or who the backup is going to be, and you're interested, I want real football. Sorry, I do. I don't have uh, the preseason. Baker Mayfield versus Trask, all that. Again, this is not an X's and O's uh, podcast, but I don't like the preseason. Now, anyway, that's me. That's me. So, but anyway, it was good. And then you wait around. Then you go downstairs and you go through the, you're waiting around. They come off the field. And then you got to, they let you go through and da, 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 da. And you know what I was thinking about it too? Like my parking, you got to show it on your phone. You know, there's so many things now that, what if, what if you lose your phone, man? How are you going to get in? What am I going to carry a laptop and open that up and try to show them? That I've got a, 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 a parking pass to download or, um, you know, if you lose your phone, you're screwed. A lot of your tickets are digital, right? You don't have a paper ticket anymore. But anyway, but it was good to be back. I can't wait for regular season. It's good. It's going to be here. I'm a new man when it's the real fall and going up north. For, oh, oh, I just love it. All right. You want some inside party stories now? Let me go back to Canton, Ohio, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The induction, blah, 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 the ceremony, blah, blah, blah. Ronde gets in, second to last, da, 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 da. Now it's time for the party. A Hall of Famer 
is having 425 guests at his party. That's a big ass wedding. How many were in your how many were at your wedding? We had a small one. We only had like 100. We wanted to keep it down. If you had a big one, what do you think? 300? This is 425. And it was beautiful. So I washed up in like a grocery store. I wasn't going to drive another 20 to 25, 30 minutes to my hotel outside of, I was in Alliance, Ohio, and then drive another, but that's another hour. I did my podcast. I did all my stuff. It's now 536. The party's going to start at seven. I'm only 10 minutes away. It was in a vineyard. There, I'm telling you what, because my wife's like, oh, Alliance, Ohio, or Canton, Ohio, really? There's money? What's what's there? There is some money. And this place that it was held at was gorgeous. And so I timed it. I went into a washroom. I did washing, soap, wash. I did all that. I changed my shirt, put my deodorant on, did my toothpaste, and boom, now I'm in my car, and, and I got the AC on, my rental, and now I get there probably a half hour early. Already there's security, there's cops with flashing lights outside this place. Joe Thomas, who got in from the Cleveland Browns, he was having his Hall of Fame party in the same place, the same vineyard, but at a different building. They had, oh, the still, or this one was this. A lot of flowers, beautiful, tree-lined, curvy streets, uh, a lot of security, a lot of people would vest on to help you. Upper, upper class, like really, really nice. I had took some pity pictures and I called it before the party started. Now, the thing about it is, is I'm not going to be drinking and driving. I ain't doing it. I lose my license. I'm done because I rely on going to the Bucks every day, going to the Rays, going in the field. I'm not doing stuff on the phone. I'm in person and I'm 45 minutes away from where I got to go every day. I can't have my wife drive me and Uber would be break me every day. So I just, it's all okay. Like I cannot have three beers and drive. I can't No. Now they had a bus. They had a bus. They had buses. Rondé's party that would take you to Canton and would take you to Akron. I was in Alliance. I wasn't there, so I had to drive. So I said to myself, you know what? I'm not going to have any, any beers. It was open bar from 7 a.m., 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. CeeLo Green was the act. They had a stage set up just for CeeLo Green. They had a big tent, fancy white tent set up with a dance floor and a DJ and a bar and all that there. That was building number three, the tent. You walked right through. There was another beautiful building, the decor, this. And then there was the main big place that you first walked in for Rondé's party. So cool. So neat. So I ordered myself cranberry juice. And then I had a second one. And I'm like, oh, I don't have this much juice. Uh, but it didn't matter. I, I, You know what? Because I like that party. I do. I still do. My wife tells me I haven't grown up. What can I say? But I'm not going to do it. And I wasn't able to get on. I wasn't in Akron. I wasn't in Canton. So I wasn't able to get the bus. All these former players and this and that. They get to party with their wife and they can get on the bus. So I can't do that. But that's okay. It doesn't matter. So I get there and I waited. I was there early because I wanted to make sure. The I don't know about you. Are you this way too? The older I get, I don't like right to the minute to get to some place rushing, rushing, running late. I don't like that. I used to do it all the time. My wife still, still is not late. She pushes it, man. She tries to still go here, there. The other day, Dollar Tree, she was late to other thing. Nah. And I have, I'm much older than my, my gorgeous little wife there. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't like that. So I got early and I got in, I got a space, beautiful, beautiful flowers around these buildings, the grounds. I'm good. And then I called Emily telling her what's going on, how the day went with the induction, the hall of this and that, who I met and everything. And then I'll see you later. I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you tomorrow. So I get in there and I see it, it was great. 
and I just started seeing people, man, that I hadn't seen. See, I covered Rondé and that Super Bowl team. That's 20 years ago, 22 years ago. So it really blows me away when a lot of those guys come up to me. I'm just a lowly media guy. But I, I was talking about this with Emily. I think it's because I covered these guys in their heyday. That was probably the best time in their life. They're in the NFL. They're winning a Super Bowl. They're in their 20s. Life is good and doesn't get much better than that. And so maybe me, my their remembrance of me is in their heyday. That's how I'm thinking about it. It's got to be. So I'm in there, and uh, they have Rondé's bust, the Hall of Fame bust that's going in permanently into the Canton, you know, in the museum, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They have it at the party, and they have a backdrop. You can get a picture near there. So I'm standing there, and... Uh, I was like, all right, I'll get a picture. And this girl takes a picture. I'm point to Rondé's bust. GM Jason Light from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sees me alone, and he runs over and jumps in for the picture. And I'm like, Jason, I was hoping. I saw you. I was like, take a picture with me, man. But I didn't want to. And then we started just laughing and BSing. I said, how's Bruce doing? Because, you know, Bruce, I went to Bruce Arians. He's the former uh, Buccaneer coach, Super Bowl winning coach, Arizona Cardinals, Bruce Arians. And he's like, Bruce is so happy right now. So he's the best. I said, he looks great. And he does. He looks healthy because he's not day to day. He's letting Todd Bowles do his thing. He's spending time in his cabin in his place in North Georgia that he has with his wife. He's here and he's there, but he's doing his own thing. He's seven. He looks great. So a matter of fact, he goes, here's Bruce. Bruce just coming in now. So Bruce comes. So anyway, we were, we were BSing. We were talking with Jason. That was cool. I see Bruce. I said, he goes, hey, man. I said, Bruce, yeah, you look great, man. What's your what's your secret? He goes, drugs. I said, what? He goes, lots of drugs. <laughs> I said, oh, my God, you're too much. But he is so, I just really like him. He is a, he's a, he's, he's good. He's good. So that was fun. And I was telling Jason, like, you know, I went to Joe Madden, who's the former Rays manager, Cubs manager, all that jazz. And I said, you know, those two, he goes, I introduced them. Jason Light introduced Joe Madden to, he goes, they're two peas in a pod. They're Pennsylvania guys. Because Joe Madden is from Hazleton, Pennsylvania. And Bruce Arians is from York, Pennsylvania. And every time I would visit my brother in Lidditz, PA, Lancaster, PA, we always fly to BWI, Tampa to BWI, Baltimore. And then we get the rental car and we drive and you always go right through York on your way to Lancaster slash Lidditz, PA. So I'm very familiar with York. You blink and you're through it. And I those guys really hit it off and they really are tight. So anyway, I'm standing there. Ira Kaufman from JoeBucksFan.com. He loves to just, he he loves talking to these guys, asking them about our plays 20 years ago. That's not my thing. I don't do the X's and O's with these guys. We talk about other stuff. But I see... Ira is there talking to Brad Johnson, the former Buccaneer quarterback, who does these big, bad Brad trick shots. If you have not seen it on social media, I guess it's on TikTok. I signed up. I just, oh, TikTok, do I gotta, my, my daughter's constantly on TikTok. But I see it on Twitter. Big, bad Brad Johnson trick shots. Ira's like, they gotta be fake. They got to be fake, Brad. Brad's like, no, they're not fake. So anyway, I'm in this conversation, and I was asking Brad, like, Brad, when you were in that in the in the Eagles game, that game that you closed down the vet, what about when did you have the confidence? You guys were down by this, this. When did you know they had? And he's asking, it's hysterical. Or in the Super Bowl, what what about this? And Brad Johnson, he didn't mind. He looks over, his, and Brad is good. He's like, you know, this is really about Rondé's time, but because you asked, let me tell you. Rondé Barber's interception against Donovan McNabb, against the Eagles, to close out the vet, to win the NFC, to go on to the Super Bowl. That was the most memorable play. He goes, I think Joe Jarevicius's catch and run was even bigger and more important. So Brad's doing this and that and this and that. We're talking. And then it gets more on his trick shot. 
And I said, how did Barstool not pick you up? Do they think that you're older and they have a younger audience? And he goes, well, I was on Pat McAfee's show and he had me on this and that. I said, Brad, they're great. So we're talking because I always got along with Brad. Brad always liked me. I'll tell you a quick story that went back when I was covering the team and it was Christmas Eve. And Brad Johnson, the Bucks were playing a game either the next day or the day after. It was Christmas Eve. And I had asked him to do an interview for me, a sit down. He was, I was on TV at Bay News 9. Brad said yes. It was like 6 o'clock, 5.30, 6 o'clock. He hadn't gone Christmas shopping yet. He was going to go to the mall. And he made time for me on Christmas Eve, man, to do a sit down interview with me. I'll never forget it. He is such, he and I have always had a pretty decent little relationship there. Big bad bad. He looks fantastic, man. And uh, so we were talking about his trick shots and this and that. And he was, I, and I was like, how do you film it? Did your wife first do it? And his wife was there and she's like, yeah. And then she would leave. You know, the conversation was with us, the guys. And then his son, then he was telling me how he was doing it. This and that. I said, Brad, 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 don't give away. Don't give away your secret yet. Somebody will pay you. Wait till you get on a big platform. Don't give it away yet. He was laughing. So anyway, that was really cool. Next, I'm standing near the bar. And here comes Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy, the the Hall of Famer, the Indianapolis Colts Super Bowl winning coach, of course, Buccaneers. He was getting his picture taken with this family. And I, I was watching, and it was a boy, a, a girl, and and, uh, and and a mom and dad. And, and they were introducing Tony to the son. And the boy's like, I don't know, 12, 10, you know, shy. And Tony's like, what's your name? And he goes, what is your name? He really wanted to know the kid's name. Like, okay. And he was really good. So they were taking a picture, the wife. And I said, I'll take it for you. And then Tony sees me. So he goes, oh, rock. He would know about a camera. And so I take a picture with them. He shakes my hand. He comes over. We get close. And we just BSed for a long time, man. Just about the good old days, about sap and this and that. He used to, he used to write a note. To Warren Sapp, they lived in the same complex in Tampa. It was called Avila, very expensive community. And because Warren had told me this, Tony would write him handwritten when he was coaching him, handwritten a little thing on what he wanted out of Warren specifically from this coming season. And I said, and I was talking to Tony, and Tony goes, You know what? When I got the job as the Indianapolis Colts head coach, I thought, should I still be writing him a letter? You know, he's he's on a different team. And I still did. And I was telling Tony, I said, Tony, every player that I have interviewed that has ever played under you, and I wasn't BSing, I said, everyone, they've all said the same thing about you. It wasn't the X's and O's. It was you taught them about life, how to be a man, how to be a father, how to, how to do life right. I said, Tony, every single one. He looked at me and it was almost like, wow. You know, I, I, I did my job. So I said, let me take a picture, Tony. And we did and this and that. We talked. He likes, we're still working for NBC. He likes the schedule. He doesn't like the day-to-day full-time in the media. But the thing he does on Sundays on NBC Sports uh, for the football, Sunday night football, he said it's perfect. Now it's going to get busy. He's, I said, Tony, I got a daughter. I'm, I'm starting all over again. You know, my daughter's on 14. He's like, oh, what girls? He adopted, he and his wife, I think he's got six uh, young ones at home. I said, Tony, you're unbelievable. So anyway, that was cool. Then I see John Lynch. Oh, man, gives me a big hug, this and that. We started, he goes, hey, man, we started busting chops. He goes, man, you're looking, you're looking good. You're looking good. I told him my age. He goes, no. I said, look at you. You still can't even shave. You don't even look like you're a general manager, man. And just busting chops. I said it was great the night before he and Mike Tomlin, who's the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach, because he was Rondé Barber's defensive backs coach when Rondé was just coming up. Rondé mentioned him in his speech. He's like, Tomlin said to Rondé then, you're different. You're different. And so he put the jacket on him along with Derek Brooks is up there, Lynch, Lynch mob. 
So we were we were busting, and it was kind of cool. Then here comes Warwick Dunn. Now, at the Tampa Sports Hall of Fame, I don't know, eight years ago, 10 years ago, Rondé went in, Warwick Dunn went in. I was emceeing. And I can't remember, it was either Rondé or Warwick that I actually gave the speech for. I've known those guys for a long time. Warwick Dunn is an incredible human being. When he was a kid, his mother was killed. She was a police officer in Louisiana. And Rondé, or uh, Warwick, actually, I think it was in high school, he became like the, the patriarch of the family. Brothers and sisters, yeah, yeah. And goes on to all the success. He's in the Atlanta Falcons ring of honor. He is not in the Buccaneers ring of honor. I think he should be. And he does this thing where uh, single mothers, or even it can be a dad, but usually it's moms, he gets them a home. Uh, and he's been doing it for years and years and years. He's just a good dude, good dude. But he's got a sly sense of humor, and I know that. So, oh, my God. And Rondé sees him, hugs him, pinches his ear. They're bullshit, and I let them have their time. Then he sees me. I said, hey, man. So we get a pig. We're talking. And I said, oh, oh. And so I had, I, when Lynch was saying, you look good, I said, look at you. How many plays do you think you could play right now, John Lynch? And he goes, how many plays? That's so funny. He goes, I don't know. Yeah, I would like to get out there, but I don't know. Because see, he's no lo- he didn't have his GM San Francisco 49ers hat on. He was John Lynch, hard-hitting safety, Hall of Fame player at this event because he's around all of his teammates, former teammates, and they're busting chops again. And he's not a GM. You know what I mean? He lets his hair down, man. And so we were busting on that. So when I saw Warwick done, and I said, Warwick, you think he can play? How many plays? He goes, oh, oh, is that what we're doing? How many plays? I said, that's what I was, That's what Lynch and I were just talking about. How many plays? You know what Warwick says? He gets right in my ear. He goes, all I need is three weeks. I said, oh, you still think you can do it? So, yeah, he was laughing. And then what did he say? He said, I'm, I'm X amount of yards shy of a certain mark. And I said, in other words, like, maybe he, he has no, you know, maybe he could get in the Hall of Fame. No, I don't think so. It comes down to statistics. If only had a, he had X amount of yards more. I forget what the number was. We're at a party and music's going. And I said, you know what, Work? Fred McGriff in baseball. He did not have the 500 home runs. He was seven shy. And he was knocking at the door. He was, whoa, he was so far from it. He got in. There's another category. You know what? Maybe there'll be some other category. Maybe one day you'll get in the Hall of Fame. Maybe it would be. Good guy award, great player, good man. What he does for single mother, something like that. I don't know. And he was just laughing, so that was that. Then later on that night, I was going from one building to the next building, and I saw Warwick, and he was posing for pictures, and I said, what, are you taking more pictures than Rondé tonight? And he goes, I'm trying to break the camera. And just laughing, like it was one of those nights. All right, so now I'm in building number three. I'm in the tent uh, area where they got a dance floor. They're going to be having dancing later. They got a DJ up there. It's quiet right now, and it's crowded. And I look across, and there is Warren Sapp. Of all the players that I've ever covered, I'm being totally honest with you now, because that's how I said I want to do this podcast. I'm not going to be, I'm going to be shooting from the hip. Number 99, Warren Sapp, always intimidated me. He just did. He just did. Always did. Even to this day, he intimidates me. But you know what? I have covered him from day one when he was a rookie from the University of Miami. And I was on a radio station, 620 WDAE. And we had Warren Sapp on. And I said, Warren, from the University of Marijuana, I didn't mean it. And he, what? What you say? He thought I was mocking him out. He hung up. And I was so scared. And I said, I'm going to, I said on the air, you know what? And it was a Friday show. I said, I'm going to apologize to him on Monday. And I was shitting my pants all weekend. 
And sure enough, it was back in the days in UT and Monday came and I went to that practice and I saw Warren Sapp coming at me and he was high stepping as he was walking and he had his helmet. He didn't have it all the way down on his head. He had it turned around. It was up high and he came right towards me and I stuck out my hand. I said, Warren, I want to apologize when I said the University of Marijuana. I, w I wasn't busting or meaning anything. And he's like, oh, bro, 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 ain't nothing. And he just walked right by me like it was no big thing. And I was like, whew. Uh, but anyway, and I've been in other situations, da, 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 da. but you know what? So anyway, War I see Warren Sapp. He's wearing shorts. He's wearing a, a bait, like a baseball cap. He's wearing like a, just a t-shirt or shirt, something like that. He was going to be comfortable because it was hot and because it was a nice party and everything. He, he, he's Warren and he always had this peripheral vision. Like when you would go into the old one buck and you would go into that locker room, he was clear across the locker. It was on an end near where you'd go into the showers. He would eye up. He would be able to see everybody that would go in. He's very aware. He's very smart too. He's very smart. I'm telling you. And it was just like it's 20 years later. He's over talking to some people and he did a move like with his hips and he looked and he saw me and I'm moving my hips and he just kind of grinned and laughed and we get a head nod and that was it. And I was like, all right, cool. Whew, there we go. So I'm moving around in this big tent where they got the dance floor. A lot of people, everybody's coming through. You're seeing people. Da, 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 da. Sap comes over. He's talking to a couple of other former teammates. He sees me. I'm standing near the corner of the bar. He beelines over to me and he sticks out his hand. And I shook his hand and I said, how you doing, Warren? Uh, hi, Warren. And he goes, always, you always, always, like I'm always with him. I'm good with him. And I was like, Phew. and I said, how you been, man? And he goes, oh, you know me. You know me. I'm trying to stay out. I'm trying to stay, stay, stay cool. And he's like, oh, that woman, that woman, she, my woman's there. She woman. And then he, boom, he went outside for a minute, the little break out there and everything was cool. And I said to myself of all the years, 20 some years where he still has intimidated me. And I'm like, mm, if Warren's going there, maybe I'll walk over here. I was like, that is now broken. Now he still is quite the intimidating character. Uh, but wow, he came over and shook my hand. I'm like, yes, yes, I'm good. I'm good. 20 years. That's been broken. I love it. So now they bring out at the dance floor. Rondé's bust is in building number one where the party is. I wish I knew these names of these places. And I, now at where the dance floor is, they bring out the Lombardi Trophy. I said, oh, is that the Lombardi Trophy that uh, Brady and, and Evans and Mike Evans and stuff won? He goes, no, 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 no. This is the Lombardi Trophy with Sapp and Lynch and Brooks and Rondé and Simeon and Brad Johnson and Keyshawn. That's this team's Lombardi Trophy. I'm like, that is so cool. So they had the red velvet rope around it. And Shelton Quarles, who works for the Buccaneers and was a linebacker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Great story. Came for the CFL. Good guy. Uh, great guy. He had a white, like, little cloth, and he was cleaning it, sparkling, shining it. And fans could come up, they were at the party, could come up, take that Lombardi trophy, and take pictures with it. And then they give it back. And then there's Shelton, and then he wipes it down, cleans it, sparkles it, next person. So I'm just standing there BSing with Shelton. I've known him, da-da-da, da-da-da, and we're shooting the shit. And I said, man, I can't believe you got to do that. And he looks at me, he goes, I get any job done. I don't complain. I get the job done. I'm thinking that's why he's still been employed by the Buccaneers. What did he say? He goes, no job too small. I go, that's a great attitude to have. So I'm just standing there. Out uh, near the Lombardi Trophy with Shelton. People are coming up. This in shape, bald, nice shirt. He's got the chain with the, the, the ring. He comes up to me and he's like, hey, Rock, you remember me? I don't know if you remember me. I kind of am or not. And he's like, Todd Washington. Holy shit. 
you got thinner. So many linemen, after they finish playing, shed a lot of weight. They have to bulk up probably past their normal weight to play in the NFL on the line. He looked great, man. He had this beard. His his shirt was really cool. He looked stylish. He looked good. And I said, damn. And he goes, it's been a long time. I remember he used to do some radio with the sports chicks. He was really, really good as a speaker and this and that. I said, what you doing now? He goes, I've been coaching offensive line the whole time. He's with Jacksonville University. I said, how about that? We were BSing, reconnecting, just a good dude. Again, it was making me feel so good that I covered these guys and they're coming up to me and we're, it's, we haven't seen anybody in so long, 20 some years. And uh, so cool, we got a picture, we follow each other on Instagram now. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So now the night is progressing. So now I'm like, all right, let me get back to, uh, let me go back to that main, that big main room. So I go back in the main room, a lot of people, new people in there, da 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 There's Joel Glazier. Joel Glazier and Brian Glazier came through. I said, Brian, thank you very much. He did quickly my Rock Stops podcast on the field after Rondé's induction. Real quickly, as he was walking by, he was like, I got bombarded. Or uh, whatever, but he's just kidding around. That was nice. But I'm telling you what, I have a connect. I get along with Joel Glazier. For he's a multi multi billionaire, and all that. We have a connection. My brother-in-law works for the NFL, and he already knows this because I told him this. I said he works on Park Avenue, Andy, and he, and he goes, "What does he do?" I said, "He's in marketing." And Roger Goodell's office there, Andy, and this and that. We talked. Well, my niece, through marriage, Andy's daughter is going to the University of Michigan as a freshman. And Joel's daughter goes to Michigan. I think she's maybe going in the sophomore year, something like that. So we were talking, and I know NFL circles. So I said, my brother-in-law, Andy, I, Andy Kaufman, he goes, I know, you've told me that, Rock. What's the daughter's name? And I mentioned Mia. And he goes, I don't know if my daughter, maybe my daughter's will know. I said, she didn't go to Michigan yet. He goes, you know how girls, they talk. Because Joel Glazier lives in Maryland. My brother-in-law lives in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Very nice community. He takes the Amtrak to New York. He has to, Roger Goodell wants him in the office like three days a week. So he just does that, stays there and then comes back. He doesn't want to move up there because his son is a junior, senior in high school, junior maybe, or going to the sophomore year, whatever. And anyway, so he goes, come on, let me meet. And he brings me over to his daughter and her friend, or was it both? And this is this, we were talking, and then we were talking about other stuff and it was really, really cool. I mean, this is an owner. Yeah, he owns Man U, and I know there's a lot of controversy over across the pond. But I'm telling you what, he sat down and did the Rock Stops Here podcast with me at the owners' meetings, and that was really cool. Then Monty Kiffin is sitting down. Monty Kiffin's got to be 86, 87 years old, something like that. His skin, he looks good. He was sitting there, and... The CEO of the Bucks, Brian Ford, we were talking a lot. He goes, say hello to him, you know, respect. He's like the godfather sitting down there. I said, of course, I know Monty, of course. So I go to Monty. Monty was talking with somebody. He, he used to be the defensive coordinator of that Super Bowl team uh, with Gruden, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Monty Kiffin. Elaine Kiffin is his son. So he's sitting there, and I go up, Monty. And he's looking at me. Again, he's up there in age. He, I shake his hand. He's like, God damn, you know that, you know, we, we, and he starts as if he, if, as if I'm still a reporter for Bay News 9 and I'm interviewing him and he's going on and on about the defense and this and that. And he goes, you know, I never could get Rondé's name. So I called him Randy and he, I was like, and laughing. I said, oh, you were the one. Cause Sap used to always call him Randy. I didn't know it was Monty. That's the one. So that was great. And I turned, there's Chris Sims. He's talking with Jason uh, Garrett. Jason Garrett, the former coach. Now he's on football, Sunday Night Football, NBC, Football in America. And Chris Sims and I get along good. 
because he knows. He always says, you're a Jersey guy. I'm Jersey. I said, we're Jersey. And so Sims was there. I said, how you doing, Chris? I said, hey, man. And then I said, hello, Jason. I said, listen, I'm from Jersey. I like when you, I like when you were coaching the Giants. And what you're doing on TV now, he kind of laughed because he was with the Cowboys for so long. And then Chris Sims is like, this guy is a good guy. He's he's, he's great. Da, da, da. And Jason was laughing, smiling. I'm like, oh, my God, please, 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 please. So it was just, I was in such a mood. It was incredible. It just made me feel so good. And just such a night. I was honored to be here. You know, here's Rondé Barber's Hall of Fame night. He said, for 40 years, I finally don't have to try to prove myself in football. I can finally now rest. I'm in the Hall of Fame. And so it was so, so cool. Um, I'm trying to think, was there anything else here? The party was going good. So anyway, so then, so now I'm like, okay, I can have one beer and 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 one, one beer and then I will drive. I will drive home. I've been there a couple hours now. That's cool. I'm about 20, 25 minutes away. Again, I'm not on the buses, so I can't really party. So I was waiting in line. I got myself uh, one beer, and I got myself one beer, and and we were good. And then I hide. I said, "Man, that was great." And then I hightailed it back to uh, my hotel in. Alliance, Ohio, and I couldn't go to sleep. I was, it was one of those nights. Did you ever have one of those nights where you've had so much fun and so much people that you haven't seen in 20 to 25 years and just being at something like that, I couldn't go to sleep. So I had like a couple of beers in my room and I had on, I had my laptop. Sometimes I put on YouTube and I put on some like live concerts and the music, and I had some headphones, and I was just, I just was recreating in my mind the night. I can't believe it, this one, that one, this one. Oh, my God, oh, my God. And it was just incredible, incredible. So next day comes sun, uh, Sunday. I'm not flying out of Cleveland until 8, eight o'clock. No, 9 o'clock. 10 o'clock flight or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, now I got a day to kill. My goal was, let me just do something in downtown Cleveland. So I get up late, later, whatever, 9.30 or something. That's late for me. Go downstairs, have the breakfast, go back up. I don't have to check out till 12. Just hanging out, you know, boom, boom, boom. Take the shower, get everything ready. Okay, okay. Maybe I'll go to Cleveland. Maybe I won't. But then I started thinking, well, where Cleveland is, downtown Cleveland, I looked, the Cleveland baseball, um, they're playing a game during the day. Oh, I'm like, I'm going to deal with the traffic right around. Because I remember the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was near. And I also have been spending some money. I didn't want to spend money paying for a ticket for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Because, again, I'm, I'm, you know, this is on my own dime. So, uh, nah, you know what? Maybe I'll head to Akron. I stayed in Akron one time. Maybe I'll head there. Maybe I'll go to the University of Akron. What is that? What does that campus look like? Let me see what else they got going on there. There was nothing in Alliance, the town that I was in. So I start and I, I noticed maybe I'll still go to Cleveland. But again, that's more driving and then driving the other way to the airport, blah, blah, blah. But to head that way, you got to go past Canton. And Canton, the Pro Football Hall of Fame is right, right off the interstate. And that's the way I was going. So I'm like, you know what? It's Sunday. It's like noon, one o'clock. It's a beautiful summer day. Let me just see. Maybe somebody's hanging around the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Maybe I run into some big name. You never know. You never know until you go. You can't just stay in your room or stay. You're not going to see anybody. So you got to get out. You got to get out. So I'm like, let me go back to the Hall of Fame. It was like a ghost town. The day before, teeming with people, families, Hall of Fame village, everything. There was nobody around, but it was neat. I, I parked my car, the media center closed. 
I just started walking all around places right around that Hall of Fame village, right around McKinley, the high school, right around the middle school, right around the stadium. I, I walked in the stadium. No, nobody around. They were taking everything down. Walked to the Hall of Fame. Was outside. You get a couple of videos, a couple of pictures. Da, da, da. Just, just wow. And it was a beehive of activity. There was a big party across the street. Blasting music. One of the radio stations, rock stations in Cleveland yesterday. Look at the difference. So now, all right, I've done all I can do here. Now let me head to Akron. I go to Akron. Again, I'm just trying to kill the day. Maybe I'll go to downtown Cleveland. I go to Akron. No, no plans. On the fly. I, I follow directions. Let me see what University of Akron looks like because that's downtown. Ghost town. They didn't start classes yet. Nice campus. Nice. So I'm just driving through. Let me go to downtown. I go to downtown. You park on the street. There's nobody around. There is nobody. This is a beautiful summer Sunday. There was one bar that was open and couple people were out like in the outside sidewalk area other than that one other brewery and nothing was open and i was like wow wow it is dead but it was quiet check this out so i look and i was like oh this is a stadium maybe this is where akron plays i didn't know i'm like let me just walk again nobody's around I'm walking on the street and there's an opening and there's nobody at the gate and there's people in there. It's a baseball stadium and it's wide open. And I'm like, I'll walk right in. I'll walk right in. No ticket. My parking was free on the street because it's Sunday. And I'm sitting down and it's a baseball game. It's double A baseball. Akron rubber ducks. Versus the Somerset, New Jersey Patriots. That's the Yankees, double A team. And I'm just sitting there. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, what a great way to kill time. They had had a rain delay. And now the pitchers are warming up. They're going to start. It was like sixth inning, something like that. I don't know. And I'm like, check this out. Minor league baseball. Number one, I was impressed by the pitchers. They're throwing 91, 92 their deuces were good. There was breaking balls. There was, it's like you just see how hard it is, man, to be a major leaguer. And you know, in between innings, they have those little things. They got a guy coming around, maybe a trivia question, maybe a prize. They got some the other little act on the field. There was one older guy behind me, and he's like, "Throw him the heater, give him the heater. He can't hit." I mean, it was cracking me up. So I must have stayed there an hour, hour and a half, and I was like, beautiful. I had no idea. Double A minor league baseball in downtown Akron, nobody else around. And it was great. Nice little stadium brick, you know, right in the heart of downtown. So it was great. And then from there, I was gonna, I had time before I went to the airport. I was hungry. I was got myself. I said, what I would really love would be a burger. A good burger, but I don't need everything. I don't need. I don't need heavy fries. I don't need a ah, burger. Burger. So I start driving on the interstate, and I see. You know how they can tell you on the interstate coming up this exit, food, or gas, and they'll m mention it. I didn't see the sign, but I was like, hmm. Let me just take this exit. Some town I never heard of. I take the exit, I come down. Whoa, this is a nice town. A lot of stone, landscape very beautifully. Some nice big homes, newer buildings. And I go into this beautiful strip center, brand new, and they had a beautiful burger place. Never heard of it. I got myself a burger to go. And then I sat down outside, beautiful day. Just, I was clamoring for a burger, didn't look it up, didn't look, just pulled off, and perfect. Two miles off the interstate, beautiful facility. Then I see everybody coming in and out of this one place. I thought it was like a uh, department store, but it's Sunday. It's six, five o'clock now, five thirty, six o'clock. I go in. It was one of the most beautiful grocery stores I had ever seen. 
gorgeous. And I went to the one girl. I said, are you guys a national chain? She said, Chicago and Cleveland. That's it. I forget the name of the place. It was nice. I got myself a little dessert. I sat down, had a coffee. Just loving it. Got to the airport, plenty of time. Dropped off the rental car, no problem. Got in security, not a problem. And everything was a-okay. But once again, the flight was packed to the gills. Sunday night late, really? From Cleveland to TIA, and then I was back. And then we were good. And then once you get back, you get your honeydew list. You do your thing, and everything was good. So all in all, all in all, guys, a good time was had by all. So next podcast, I will give you my stories of what it was like being at the Jets facility with Aaron Rodgers, seeing friends back in my hometown, and everything in between. Everything in between. I may play you Matt Joyce, the former Major League Baseball player, now broadcaster, businessman. He's got a great story. I sat down with him. But who knows? Who knows who I'm going to run into this week? So listen, I really appreciate you guys, man. Thank you very, very much. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed. Leave a comment or two. And I hope you're having a good pre-fall. We're almost into fall. All right. So thank you, man. I really, really, really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you next week. Same time, same place.